Chapter Eight of Paul Clifford by Edward Bulwer Lytton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight Common Sense What is the End of Punishment as Regards the Individual Punished? Custom To Make Him Better. Common Sense How do you punish young offenders who are from their youth peculiarly alive to example? and whom it is therefore more easy either to ruin or reform than the matured custom we send them to the house of correction to associate with the darndest rascals in the country dialogue between common sense and custom very scarce as it was rather late in the day when paul made his first entree at bridewell he passed that night in the receiving-room the next morning as soon as he had been examined by the surgeon and clothed in the customary uniform he was ushered according to his classification among the good company who had been considered guilty of that compendious offence a misdemeanour here a tall gentleman marched up to him and addressed him in a certain language which might be called the freemasonry of flash and which paul though he did not comprehend verbatim rightly understood to be an inquiry whether he was a thorough rogue and an entire rascal he answered half in confusion half in anger and his reply was so detrimental to any favourable influence he might otherwise have exercised over the interrogator that the latter personage giving him a pinch in the ear shouted out ramp ramp and at that significant and awful word paul found himself surrounded in a trice by a whole host of ingenious tormentors one pulled this member another pinched that one cuffed him before and another thrashed him behind by way of interlude to this pleasing occupation they stripped him of the very few things that in his change of dress he had retained one carried off his handkerchief a second his neckcloth and a third luckier than either possessed himself of a pair of carnelian shirt-buttons given to paul as a gage d'amour by a young lady who sold oranges near the tower happily before this initiatory process technically termed ramping and exercised upon all newcomers who seemed to have a spark of decency in them had reduced the bones of paul who fought tooth and nail in his defence to the state of magnesia a man of grave aspect who had hitherto plucked his oakum in quiet suddenly rose thrust himself between the victim and the assailants and desired the latter like one having authority to leave the lad alone and go and be darned this proposal to resort to another place for amusement though uttered in a very grave and tranquil manner produced that instantaneous effect which admonitions from great rogues generally work upon little messieurs the rompers ceased from their amusements and the ringleader of the gang thumping paul heartily on the back declared he was a capital fellow and it was only a bit of a spree like which he hoped had not given any offence paul still clenching his fist was about to answer in no pacific mood when a turnkey who did not care in the least how many men he locked up for an offence but who did not at all like the trouble of looking after any one of his flock to see that the offence was not committed now suddenly appeared among the set 
and after scolding them for the excessive plague they were to him carried off two of the poorest of the mob to solitary confinement it happened of course that these two had not taken the smallest share in the disturbance this scene over the company returned to picking oakum the treadmill that admirably just invention by which a strong man suffers no fatigue and a weak one loses his health for life not having been then introduced into our excellent establishments for correcting crime bitterly and with many dark and wrathful feelings in which the sense of injustice at punishment alone bore him up against the humiliations to which he was subjected bitterly and with a swelling heart in which the thoughts that lead to crime were already forcing their way through a soil suddenly warmed for their growth did paul bend over his employment he felt himself touched on the arm he turned and saw that the gentleman who had so kindly delivered him from his tormentors was now sitting next to him paul gazed long and earnestly upon his neighbour struggling with the thought that he had beheld that sagacious countenance in happier times although now alas it was altered not only by time and vicissitudes but by that air of gravity which the cares of manhood spread gradually over the face of the most thoughtless until all doubt melted away and he exclaimed is that you mr tomlinson how glad i am to see you here and i returned the quondam murderer for the newspapers with a nasal twang should be very glad to see myself anywhere else paul made no answer and augustus continued to a wise man all places are the same so it has been said i don't believe it paul i don't believe it but a truce to reflection i remembered you the moment i saw you though you are surprisingly grown how is my friend begrawler still hard at work for the asinium i believe so said paul sullenly and hastening to change the conversation but tell me mr tomlinson how came you hither i heard you had gone down to the north of england to fulfil a lucrative employment possibly the world always misrepresents the actions of those who are constantly before it it is very true said paul and i have said the same thing myself a hundred times in the asinium for we were never too lavish of our truths in that magnificent journal tis astonishing what a way we made three ideas go you remind me of myself and my newspaper labours rejoined augustus tomlinson i am not quite sure that i had so many as three ideas to spare for as you say it is astonishing how far that number may go properly managed it is with writers as with strolling players the same three ideas that did for turks in one scene do for highlanders in the next but you must tell me your history one of these days and you shall hear mine i should be excessively obliged to you for your confidence said paul and i doubt not but your life must be excessively entertaining mine as yet has been but insipid the lives of literary men are not fraught with adventure and i question whether every writer in the asinium has not led pretty nearly the same existence as that which i have sustained myself in conversation of this sort our newly restored friends passed the remainder of the day until the hour of half-past four when the prisoners are supposed night has begun and be locked up in their bedrooms 
tomlinson then who was glad to refind a person who had known him in his beau jour spoke privately to the turnkey and the result of the conversation was the coupling paul and augustus in the same chamber which was a sort of stone-box that generally accommodated three and was for we have measured it as we would have measured the cell of the prison of chillon just eight feet by six we do not intend reader to indicate by broad colours and in long detail the moral deterioration of our hero because we have found by experience that such pains on our part do little more than make thee blame our stupidity instead of lauding our intention we shall therefore only work out our moral by subtle hints and brief comments and we shall now content ourselves with reminding thee that hitherto thou hast seen paul honest in the teeth of circumstances despite the contagion of the mug despite his associates in fish lane despite his intimacy with long ned thou hast seen him brave temptation and look forward to some other career than that of robbery or fraud nay even in his destitution when driven from the abode of his childhood thou hast observed how instead of resorting to some more pleasurable or libertine road of life he betook himself at once to the dull roof and insipid employments of magrala and preferred honestly earning his subsistence by the sweat of his brain to recurring to any of the numerous ways of living on others with which his experience among the worst part of society must have teemed and which to say the least of them are more alluring to the young and the adventurous than the barren paths of literary labour indeed to let thee into a secret it had been paul's daring ambition to raise himself into a worthy member of the community his present circumstances it may hereafter be seen made the cause of a great change in his desires and the conversation he held that night with the ingenious and skilful augustus went more towards fitting him for the hero of this work than all the habits of his childhood or the scenes of his earlier youth young people are apt erroneously to believe that it is a bad thing to be exceedingly wicked the house of correction is so called because it is a place where so ridiculous a notion is invariably corrected the next day paul was surprised by a visit from mrs lobkins who had heard of his situation and its causes from the friendly dummy and who had managed to obtain from justice burnflat an order of admission they met pyramus and thisbe like with a wall or rather an iron gate between them and mrs lobkins after an ejaculation of despair at the obstacle burst weepingly into the pathetic reproach o oh, paul thou hast brought thy pigs to a fine market tis a market proper for pigs dear dame said paul who though with a tear in his eye did not refuse a joke as bitter as it was inelegant for of all others it is the spot where a man learns to take care of his bacon hold your tongue cried the dame angrily what business has you to gabble on so while you are in limbo ah dear dame said paul we can't help these rubs and stumbles on our road to preferment road to this cragging post cried the dame i tells you child you'll live to be hanged in spite of all my care and tension to you though i hedicated you as a scholar and always hoped as how you would grow up to be an honour to your king and country interrupted paul we always say honour to king and country which means getting rich and paying taxes the more taxes a man pays the greater honour he is to both as augustus says well dear dame all in good time 
what you as merry is you why does not you weep your heart is as hard as a brickbat it looks quite unnatural and hyena-like to be so devil me carish so saying the good dame's tears gushed forth with the bitterness of a despairing parasina nay nay said paul who though he suffered far more intensely bore the suffering far more easily than his patroness we cannot mend the matter by crying suppose you see what can be done for me i dare say you may manage to soften the justice's sentence by a little oil of palms and if you can get me out before i am quite corrupted a day or two longer in this infernal place will do the business i promise you that i will not only live honestly myself but with people who live in the same manner bust me paul said the tender mrs lopkins bust me oh but i forgets the gate i'll see what can be done and here my lad here's summat for you in the meanwhile a drop o the creature to preach comfort to your poor stomach hush smuggle it through or they'll see you here the dame endeavoured to push a stone bottle through the bars of the gate but alas though the neck passed through the body refused and the dame was forced to retract the creature upon this the kind-hearted woman renewed her sobbings and so absorbed was she in her grief that seemingly quite forgetting for what purpose she had brought the bottle she applied it to her own mouth and consoled herself with that elixir vitae which she had originally designed for paul this somewhat restored her and after a most affecting scene the dame reeled off with the vacillating steps natural to woe promising as she went that if love or money could shorten paul's confinement neither should be wanting we are rather at a loss to conjecture the exact influence which the former of these arguments urged by the lovely margaret might have had upon justice burnflat when the good dame had departed paul hastened to repick his oakum and rejoin his friend he found the worthy augustus privately selling little elegant luxuries such as tobacco gin and rations of daintier viands than the prison allowed for augustus having more money than the rest of his companions managed through the friendship of the turnkey to purchase secretly and to resell at about four hundred per cent such comforts as the prisoners especially coveted a very common practice at the bridewell the governor at the coal-bath fields apparently a very intelligent and active man every way fitted for a most arduous undertaking informed us in the only conversation we have had the honour to hold with him that he thought he had nearly or quite destroyed in his jurisdiction this illegal method of commerce a proof said augustus dryly to paul that by prudence and exertion even in those places where a man cannot turn himself he may manage to turn a penny End of chapter eight